Do you want to know how to win some dollar rooskies? Actually win some contests, place in the money in DFS, daily fantasy sports this week. Well, you're in the right spot. We're going position by position. We're here to smack you all up and down. And let's start it off, not now, but right now with the quarterback position. So as we slide into it, broken down by salaries here, the quarterback position, this is a position where there's a lot of interesting games and a lot of interesting environments. I'll start off by saying I think that Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are completely fine candidates with very high team totals. 29 for Josh Allen. Patrick Mahomes has a nice team total, although the pace in that game could get a little bit slower. In regards to Josh Allen, it looks like a better pace there, but the price tag is, you know, relatively expensive compared to guys on this slate that I do like. Now you're going to get a lot of pass attempts. 39 pass attempts a game for Mahomes right now, while Josh Allen is dropping back about 38 times per game and you obviously get the 40 plus rushing yards per game that he's bringing in there all of that factored in i'd prefer Mahomes single stacks between the top two expensive quarterbacks but i'm not looking to get to either of them as of right now as my main stack and single entries what i'm looking at is this next range this range of tom brady and kyler murray where kyler murray by the way this pace environment obviously the total is high the pace environment right now is the best on the slate these are two top five projected pace teams meaning they run a lot of plays which means more plays more yards more chances for the touchdowns and the scoring for Dallas and Arizona so I think Kyler Murray looks really good I think that Kyler Murray the last couple of weeks and the fact that they haven't been playing as well is going to keep people off of him even though he's still rush, uh, rushing for 30 yards per game he's coming off of some poor performances his team has a negative narrative in the media that they're falling apart right now without DeAndre Hopkins and there's something to that but there are still some solid stacking options for very affordable price tags and Kyler is going to go lower owned so I'll take Kyler Murray at $7,300 I love that game environment on the Dallas side and Kyler this week I currently have Kyler Murray coming in at 3% projected ownership on my ownership projections which are massive massive and important to have you can follow along with those on patreon down below but i have him at three percent projected ownership i have tom brady coming in at about seven percent projected ownership and the 7k range this is where i'm leaning tom brady's a little bit more expensive he's not mobile so when you're playing tom brady go to the double stacks people go to the double stacks get your antonio brown for sure 100 looks like the best play on the slate this week get your gronks going to be a bounce back candidate likely going to be lower on than he should be and you get to bank on the fact that the man who leads the slate and leads the league in passing attempts per game but over 42 per game and tom brady does not have a high interception ratio just 1.74 percent so he's finishing a lot of drives here that's going to start to look really good for brady the matchup that he has against the jets goes without mentioning how great that that is if i'm looking at it right now the matchup against the jets they rank 31st in defense 29th in coverage and they're not going to be able to get to him the best offensive line versus defensive line advantage this week is this bucks team versus the jets so i'm leaning brady and Murray in that range both should be relatively lower on compared to a Josh Allen per se maybe even a Mahomes the next guy who was very close to being yes for me was Matt Stafford but this pace environment is not going to be good we know Baltimore likes to take the air out of the ball as much as possible and the Rams without Daryl Henderson look Sony Michelle the last month of the season they said hey we without Robert Woods we don't feel as good in the receiving game even with Odell there they're going more power run they're saying power run play after play action like they used to do with Todd Gurley and how Jared Goff benefited. Now you have a much better quarterback there elevating this team at Stafford off that play action. So the ability for Stafford to throw 40 times, I guess it's still there, but it's not as much there as the beginning of the season. Yes, Stafford is averaging 36 attempts per game, but that number was 40 about a month ago. They completely changed their game plan, but Sonny Michelle, a power back that McVay trusts, and that's my concern is that if you have this team that wants to take the air out of the ball in a Baltimore and potentially as a backup quarterback playing this week, if you have Stafford in this Rams team that wants to run the ball a little bit more, maybe you lose a couple of possessions. So still a solid stack because Cup's great and it becomes secure, but I'll prefer Brady and I'll prefer Murray. I mentioned that Lamar, if we're talking 7K and above, Lamar is the last guy that I'll touch on there. I mentioned that he is he's starting to practice. He practiced on Wednesday in a limited fashion. We'll see if he plays him or Huntley. Huntley will be 6K. Whichever one of those guys starts, it's a tough matchup 
matchup for sure, but they'll be like 1% owned. I'd rather go to Kyler if he stays low roam, but at least worth mentioning. Outside of that, this might seem different from what everybody else is going to say this week. I'm not interested in Joe Burrow. I'm not that interested in Herbert. Look, if you're talking about them specifically, their matchups, they look great, but then you have to factor in all the other options you have on this slate. They're priced up. Burrow is priced up because of his performance last week. It is a slow pace environment. Like the total being at 50, I lean towards the under. This is a slow pace environment, right? And Cincinnati has the players in the secondary. Awuze, they got from the Cowboys. He's been playing great. They have the players in the secondary to play cover two and actually somewhat halt this, tra uh, this Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill led Chiefs team that we saw many teams do about a couple weeks ago. So I'm just going to lay low on Burrow, who's going to come in like five or 6% owned with the price increase. His receivers got the price increase. So I'll, I'll lay low as everybody's, the stock is rising because of last week and everybody's trying to play catch up. I'll avoid it. Justin Herbert is mainly because Denver, they love running the ball. Last game was a slow pace. Denver only plays into slow pace environments. They don't have any high scoring games at all. They haven't gone to a 50 point total in the last 10 weeks. Denver's just not the team that is going to allow another team to get a lot of possessions, which limits your total total upside for Justin Herbert. It's not going to be a great spot. The only other guy that I'm liking and liking a good amount on the slate above, let's say 5k, there's one value guy we can touch on is Dak Prescott. I mean, Prescott, he's going to be owned. He's probably going to be a top two owned quarterback, maybe with like a Josh Allen on the week, but everything looks good. He's affordable. That pace matchup against Arizona, not only does Arizona's run defense stink, now their secondary and pastures has been taking hits due to injury. He'll have a positive offensive line advantage. He'll have his three wide receivers set rocking, rolling, and all three of those wide receivers are affordably priced. All three of those wide receivers are not owned. Michael Gallup coming in at 2% ownership. Amari, 10%. CD Lamb right now, 7% ownership in my ownership projections. Yes, Dak Prescott starts to look good. So if I'm, I'm looking at my favorite options this week early on, up here in these ranges, it's Dak, it's Kyler, that game environment for sure. And then it's Tom Brady for a potential leverage situation. The team totals all look good for those teams. And then we keep scoring. Like Taysom Hill is expected to return this week, but that pace environment is the worst on the week. Carolina does not push the ball. They do not push tempo. So unless you get another 50-yard rushing touchdown from Taysom Hill, like last time he started on the main slate, you're probably not getting there. And now his price is a little bit more. So it takes me all the way down. Nothing in the 5K range stands out until you get all the way down to the bottom where maybe Trey Lance at $4,800 is in play. We have to see Jimmy G with a UCL strain or a bruise, so he might play this week. If there's no Jimmy G, you get Trey Lance against the Texans where they have a 28.75 a team implied total opening at. Insane team total for Trey Lance here if he starts and he's only 4,800. He becomes a play in all formats. You don't have to stack him. You can stack him if you want to with a, a kid or whatever, but the reason why you want to play him is because he can run 15 plus times like the other time he started where he got stuffed at the goal line before half. Otherwise, he would have had an even bigger day on the ground. So Trey Lance, you would expect a lot of rushing attempts you would expect apparently he's improving in practice but what else is the coach going to say so $4,800 Trey Lance is an obvious yes so those are the four quarterbacks that I think stand out for personally me on my end um, obviously lots of other guys in play I'm curious in the comment section if you want to leave who you're interested in as we transition into the positions that are even even more juicier the running backs where we find some leverages on a 14 game slate and the wide receivers as we transition into there I will let you know that this is the final week as the year ends maybe you're watching this in the new year so happy new year to all the beautiful people out there final week to take advantage of the class promo for prize picks the best prop site out there it's not even close prizepicks.com use the code class not only, and we're going to show you from some picks right now. Don't, don't worry, we got you. Not only do you get the free bet up to $100, that alone is worth it, a free bet up to $100. We love that. You also get my DFS course. This is the last time I'm going to offer it. It's coming off the market in a couple of days, right? For free with the code class. It's 10 plus hours of videos, game theory, how to actually start winning. It is very valuable. You take it at your own time. So go ahead and check that out using the code class. And if you want to just see some of the props that I have for the week, you can check out some of the other videos. And here's a prop that I added specifically for this video and just recently before the video started. We'll share it here. Zay Jones, under 40 
and a half receiving yards. I have him in the low 30s. And David Montgomery over 67 and a half rushing yards. We're about to get to running back. We're about to get to why David Montgomery is an absolute smash spot. I have David Montgomery pushing towards 95 rushing yards. We'll take the over 67 and a half rushing yards there. You combine those two together with a free bet up $200 if you're a first time depositor, by the way. If, in order to get that free course and that, you have to be a first time depositor using the code class. You come on to the beautiful community and you start your new year off, right? You end your week 17. You start your new year off with a free bet and a lovely course to actually improve your, your game to make even more dollar risky. So check that all out as we transition now to the running back position. As the great Wale once said, I used to play running back. I never did. Wide receiver and flag football, quarterback, all that stuff. We love to see it. So running back up top, this top end range, 7K and above, it's a big shrug emoji. All these dudes just look okay. None of them look elite. I prefer to pay up wide receivers this week. Like Jonathan Taylor, in terms of their price tags, like Taylor's obviously been elite this season, but teams are selling out to stop the run. The Raiders are actually a top five unit at stopping the run so far this year. They give up a lot of rushing touchdowns, so it skews how many points they're giving up to the position. But Jonathan Taylor at 9K, Eckler coming off the COVID list at $8,200 and a matchup against Denver where they're five and a half point favorites like all these dudes just look fine Kamara in a bad pace environment Joe Mixon in a bad pace environment like all these teams they just look okay right they just look completely okay there's not much here above 7k that excites me like yeah Zeke's in a great environment he's gonna come in as a favorite with a great total at 7100 he's actually decently owned he's not like insanely owned at 10 so Zeke looks good but there's not much of a difference between Zeke and Mixon when you factor in workload Mixon being healthier that game environment then you get up to Alvin Kamara only being like five percent owned this week and that starts to become a leverage play so everything above 7k is starting to look really good if i had to factor in ownership had to factor in ceiling had to factor in some leverage alvin kamara is going to be by far the best leverage play mixing coming off of a big week zeke coming off of a nice week and in a good game environment so if you're looking for leverage in this range it's going to be alvin kamara if you're just looking for steady touches and a great overall workload and a good environment i think i give that one to joe mixon who got his receiving game roll back last week Zeke, just a solid play. So above 7K, like they all just look fine. It depends on what you're doing in the rest of your lineup, how much total lineup ownership you have. I don't have any strong stances on guys above 6, uh, even above 6K. I'm not interested in Cordell Patterson. I'm not interested in Damian Harris. For me, the slate starts to get interesting at running back once you get below Damian Harris's price tag. And this is where it starts to open up with David Montgomery. Montgomery is the best running back play in the slate. Slot him into your cash lineups. He has had the most usage over the past month to month and a half of the season. The most usage and most opportunity of any running back out there. Maybe he's not been insanely efficient with it, but the receiver game role is just what's so damn sexy right now i mean you're getting five plus receptions in four straight games you're getting all the usage in the world and now he's a touchdown favorite against the new york giants and this one a solid matchup montgomery is the best running back play on the entire slate he is my second highest projected running back only behind jonathan taylor but he's 2500 cheaper expect him to be the highest on running back this week he looks really good leverage around that ronald jones i'm not really buying it i know he's facing the jets here he's a 13 point favorite so all that starts to come into play he's going to be like 15 owned so he's going to be relatively highly owned with no real pass catching role with Keyshawn vaughn and involved on the ground that's my main concern like if ronald jones has a two touchdown game he gets there ronald jones can surely go for an 80 yard rushing game my concern is that he sees another 12 carries Keyshawn Vaughn sees 10 carries and you're getting ronald jones 12 carries has a good game for 60 yards even if he finds the end zone he gets 12 points but there's no pass catching upside at least nothing that we've seen he didn't run routes last week Keyshawn Vaughn ran actually more routes than him and no the blowout was not the reason why so ronald jones is a little bit of a concern for me again he's on the team with one of the highest if not the highest team total on the slate tied right up there as a 13 point favorite and a great matchup against the Jets, but I think this is a little bit more of a backfield by committee than people are leading themselves to believe here. So he's in play. He's not not in play, but if the ownership stays 15%, I could probably lean away from it. As we scroll down more, like Jacob stays in play. The pass catching role is nice. Bad environment, though. In terms of pace, it's decent, but bad environment, though, in terms of just their team total, six and a half point underdogs. He'll need those receptions to come overall. I like this range here. Uh, they think 
They think as of right now that you're going to get back DeAndre Swift this week. So DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny look great. Rashad Penny is going to be a leverage play, right? He's had two out of the last three games with over 125 rushing yards. He has a matchup now against Detroit. It's a touchdown favorite for a team that just wants to continue to run the ball with a 25-point team total. Very quietly, the Seattle team has a great team total in their best matchup of the season. So I'll go all in on Rashad Penny here, and I like him as a leverage play this week. If you're looking for leverage, a guy who will be only 5% owned on a 14-game slate, that's Rashad Penny. And a big reason why he'll be that low owned is David Montgomery's in the price range. A lot of wide receivers are in that price range. But the other thing is that DeAndre Swift, as of right now, is trending to return. And DeAndre Swift at $100 cheaper, DeAndre Swift in that same game environment, going to be on the opposite side, going to be the check down guy, probably takes away from Amon Ross St. Brown's overall target share. Everybody knows DeAndre Swift, the second year flashy player. He was producing well before he got hurt. So now I think that you're going to be in a situation where Swift takes on a lot of that ownership at that 6K flat running back range, pulls it away from James Conner, Jacobs, and more importantly, for my interests, Rashad Penny. So I think Swift starts to become the 12 to 14% on guy, Penny the 5% on guy, even though Penny is producing well and now in a really good, I would say, smash spot. So both Swift and Penny are in play, but Penny starts to become the leverage back there. Now you scoop below five or below $6,000 at the running back position. Elijah Mitchell, same thing can be said here. He's at the exact same price point as Swift. It's Mitchell. And, and Swift, I think Mitchell comes in lower owned, probably around 7% owned. I'm going to project Mitchell to take a full-on workload back. And this is where I'd rather go to Mitchell, right? Mitchell's going to be probably lower owned than Ronald Jones. He's just as big of a favorite. He's in a better run blocking scheme. I think he's a better running back than Ronald Jones with a 29-point team total. This week, Elijah Mitchell is going to be the discount Ronald Jones. $700 off of him if he's able to return. I'm not concerned about Jeff Wilson being in a split backfield. They love Mitchell. Every time he's come back from injury, he gets the backfield right back. Uh, Jeff Wilson has been efficient and effective for like one out of three games or a half a game, really. So Elijah Mitchell at $6,000 flat, prefer him to Swift, prefer Elijah Mitchell if the ownership is comparable to even Rashad Penny, but this price range is where the running backs that you want to get to are. Clyde Everett Tolaire, Antonio Gibson will be leverage plays. Antonio Gibson right now coming in with too much ownership for my liking as a four-point underdog against the defensive front of the Philadelphia Eagles. Doesn't feel great dealing with his toe being fucked up still. And that's just not something that I want to play around with. Now, to close up the running back position, there's there's not as much insane, insane bottom end values, but I do think that it's at least important to monitor here. Sony Michelle is 5,800. Again, another guy in this around 6K range. This is where the range is interesting, right around 6K. Michelle is going to be owned. He's a favorite against Baltimore. It's a nice matchup, and there's no Daryl Henderson. So I expect Michelle to be one of the highest on running back plays in the slate. I currently have Sony Michelle coming in for an ownership number of 15%, which makes him a top three owned running back this week. I currently have him coming in as my number two running back value only behind David Montgomery. So a solid play overall, but you probably shouldn't start your GPP lineups with Sonny Michelle and David Montgomery. You might want to. It looks good on paper, but ownership-wise, you're going to have maybe the two highest on running backs on the slate when it's all said and done. Makes it difficult to get different. Very easy to pivot. Very easy to pivot, as we've been talking about. Just right to a Rashad Penny, maybe even to a Daryl uh, or an Elijah Mitchell, not Daryl Williams, but an Elijah Mitchell. You pivot to one of those guys, you start to look pretty good. Chase Evans is there, priced up. Good game environment, but meh. We have to track the Philadelphia Eagles situation, as we won't really know that until lock. If, if there is no Jordan Howard who's dealing with injuries, and then Boston Scott starts to become pretty appealing with no Miles Sanders already ruled out. So keep an eye on that. Dore Ogumbawale, he got the price bump. I mean, maybe he'll be the main running back against New England. He's a, a pass-catching back. He was on New England. He, he's got some skills from that regard. I believe he was first drafted um, by the Saints or picked up undrafted by the Saints. He played decent last year because he got in on the ground, but this team total of 13 points. 13 points is one of the worst you may ever see. 13 points for a team total for this team is bad, so we don't want that. We don't want the 13-point team total. We don't have to try and rely on that, which means that touchdown upside isn't there as much. Yeah, sure, you can catch some passes like James Robinson. He's a little bit cheaper than James Robinson, but it's not that great. And the matchup against New England isn't 
either that good. So for Ogunbowale's sake, I'm just getting away from it. Michael Carter right now for me is looking a little bit over-owned. Like if you're trying to run back Tampa Bay stacks, we talked about it on the stacks video, maybe Crowder, but for the most part, I'm just not trying to run them back. I'm really not. Maybe Crowder, that's it. Like if you want to get to Michael Carter, he'll be the best projected jet, but he's owned. I have Michael Carter already picking up too much ownership for my liking. At $5,100, a 12% owned Jets running back Michael Carter, who split the touches with Coleman. Not the snaps. He had a lot of snaps, but split the touches a pretty 50-50 with Coleman last week in a matchup against Tampa Bay where you have to rely on touchdowns or receptions. It doesn't feel great. Other than that, below 5K, it's just if-then statements. Like, Boston Scott, if Jordan Howard is out and he's the starting running back for the Eagles against Washington as a favorite, nice total, sure. Other than that, I'm not interested. So really, this slate is a bunch of dudes up top are going to have pretty balanced out ownership. Like the running back ownership up top, yes, yeah, some will come in on Kamara and Eckler. Most probably comes in on Jonathan Taylor, but mix in 5%. Ezekiel Elliott only 5% on because it's all getting soaked up by 24% on David Montgomery right now. So that's where Alvin Kamara, Mixon, and Zeke start to become these leverage plays. Zeke leverage off of a Dallas stack in its own right because Dallas will be owned, leaving Zeke lower owned because people don't play running backs in their stacks as often as wide receivers. And I think that's the proper thing to do. So I think that your Zeke's, your Kamara's, your Mixon's, this is where you're going to get some leverage up top because everybody's either going up to a Jonathan Taylor or they're going right to this mid range because it's loaded with Montgomery, with Deshaun or DeAndre Swift, Sony Michelle types. And your leverages there would be Rashad Penny and Elijah Mitchell. So that that gets you all set up and ready to rock and ready to roll and ready to let your shoulders lean at the running back position. Now we can transition into the wide receiver position. To wide receiver we go. And up top, there is a little bit more certainty, I guess you can say. Especially above 7K, there's way more options. But all the way up top, Cooper Cup. Not much to break down here. If you're playing Ram stacks, go to Cooper Cup. If you're not playing Ram stacks, probably don't go to Cooper Cup. Because, I mean, the only reason to go to Cooper Cup is because he's in your stacks. Otherwise, you're paying up for a very expensive player who's the second highest owned wide receiver for me on the slate at 20 percent so you're not getting an ownership discount or a price discount so you might as well go somewhere else you're, you're automatically getting a price discount of a thousand plus dollars to the next wide receiver who i like to tyree kill not only a price discount of that much money but you're getting him coming in half his own just 10 percent. so if you were to play a single entry stack this week and it wasn't a ram stack or it wasn't using a baltimore quarterback i would just single stack tyree kill right twelve hundred dollar savings and you get half the ownership it's just going to make you much more unique with very similar upside uh, to a cooper cup when you're talking about ceilings probably even higher ceiling after that it's a bunch of guys who you get to if you're playing certain stacks digs and buffalo stacks jamar chasen if you want to play cincinnati stacks or running back your kc stacks keenan allen and charger stacks none of these dudes just stand out though as one-offs if i'm looking for one-offs it's probably just going all the way up to tyree kill or guys that i favor towards the bottom of the seven carry range aj brown he kind of looks like a one-off because we don't want Miami or Tennessee, but he's coming in high-owned. AJ Brown, 15% ownership right now, is the third highest wide receiver on the slate because of what he did in prime time. That's fine. Tougher matchup against the Miami secondary here. Not a great pace environment. Not a great team total of 22. If it's going to be high-owned, then nothing really sets up to be amazing. Target share might be amazing, but Julio expected to be out there and healthier. Doesn't make me jump up and down as that's like the leverage spot to get to. Now, where I do really like is this next range of receivers. $7,100 CD Lamb I'm all about. I'm all about CeeDee Lamb at $7,100 this week. He's coming in with 8% ownership. AJ Brown's coming in higher owned. Uh, his own teammate, Amari Cooper, is coming in higher owned because Amari saw 11 targets in the last game. Amari's slightly cheaper. I love CeeDee Lamb this week. He's still the number one receiver in the best game environment of the week. He's the best receiver in the best game environment of the week, right? Dallas versus Arizona. And you just saw his quarterback come off of maybe the best game that he's played all season long in that entire team. So I like CeeDee Lamb this week at 7100 People aren't going to him as much at just 8% ownership right now. They're going to Amari at a higher clip. I think that Mike Evans, if he's able to clear the COVID list, looks good. 
We'll have to track that. Uh, T. Higgins is the preferred Cincinnati Bengal for me. His price tag now, though, is coming up now. Uh, probably don't get the T. Higgins. Uh, T. Higgins as a one-off is fine, but prefer C.D. Lamb as a one-off outside of stacks. And then the 6K range starts to kind of play itself in a little bit. Amari Cooper in your stacks. D.K. Metcalf, sure. I prefer Tyler Lockett. Lockett is a great leverage play this week. I mean, Lockett is currently coming in right now for me at 6% ownership. Lockett in this matchup against this Detroit secondary. I mean, you're going to get Russ to throw at least 25 times, probably hovering around 30 times. It makes Tyler Lockett 6,400. I prefer him over Metcalf. Metcalf Metcalf got the touchdown, but only two receptions last week, and one was like a, a one-yard reception. Lockett continues to see these deep balls. He continues to get the slot usage, the matchup I like for him a little bit more. He's coming in at low ownership. I think Lockett, for what his ceiling is, for what his ceiling has been the last two years, compared to his own teammate Metcalf, it's low-owned right now. Like, the ceiling on Lockett, it's not the same as Tyree Kill, but it's kind of just one step below that, and he's significantly cheaper this week in maybe the best matchup he could have on the season against the Detroit secondary. Oh, yeah, where their best cornerback this season uh, and the former Penn State uh, a warrior, he is now done for the year. So that is good for Tyler Lockett. I think Lockett starts to give us, like we talked about Elijah Mitchell. We talked about um, Rashad Penny as your leverage plays at running back in that 6K range. I think that your leverage plays right now start to become Lockett at 6,400. People are definitely going to go to T. Higgins. People love playing Waddle because he keeps getting there. They're going to go to Amari. They're going to go to Renfro. He keeps getting there. I think that your one leverage play in this range that actually has a high upside chance of hitting, not just low-owned, leverage is not low owned leverage is low owned with a chance of hitting optimal chance of being in the lineup i think that a guy that stands out there is Lockett, and another reason why Lockett stands out there is because he's priced right next to the best play in the entire slate and that's antonio brown i mean antonio brown adam levitan tweeted it out he's like 280 yards away a couple touchdowns and 11 catches he has to get these final two weeks to hit over six hundred thousand dollars in incentives tom brady's gonna get him there especially when there's no goblin maybe there's no mike evans again antonio brown had over a 50 percent target share just the second player this year to do that in that last game and his price tag only came up to 6100 and oh yeah he has a 29 point team total against the jets so antonio brown looks fantastic he's the best wide receiver play in the week he is the highest owned wide receiver at 28 percent right now in my projections so keep that in mind but if you're looking to eat chalk somewhere the one play that i would eat chalk on the entire slate on is either david montgomery or antonio brown i'm not interested in amon ross St. brown i know that he's been producing well, I still don't believe Tim Boyle can sustain that production or even Jared Goff. And if DeAndre Swift comes back with his price tag increasing, I'm just kind of leaning off of it a little bit. Brandon Cooks is a really another nice leverage option with Davis Mills playing well as well. He's not going to be owned like 5% owned for a guy who sees a high target share. Your concern there is that this is like arguably like the, the second worst pace environment of the entire week, Houston versus San Francisco. Bunch of other maybes with like your Mike Williams on the slate, your Michael Pittman Juniors, but I think that this range is where I start to become pretty secure. I think outside of Tyler Lockett, the next leverage play who's going to get a leverage opportunity because of Antonio Brown soaking up ownership is Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown, whether it's Tyler Huntley who targeted him 14 times the last time they played or Lamar Jackson, whose favorite target in the receiving core, including Mark Andrews, is Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown, Mark Andrews, three straight games of 100 plus yards, touchdowns in a lot of those games. He is now going to be the guy who people look to stack even though he's expensive the fact even if they're not stacking him it's just he's the guy producing there it's not as much to going to hollywood brown so i think it leaves hollywood brown a little bit lower owned in a game where they're slight underdogs you can beat the rams deep and hollywood brown gives you that chance i prefer Lockett, but if you don't have the extra 500 or 400 go to hollywood brown i like that uh, overall he's like your one-off leverage play Christian Kirk, overall, if you're looking for those stacks, looks fantastic. Arizona, Kyler Murray's going to be low on this week. So if you just go Kyler Murray, Christian Kirk, and then stack it up with Zach Ertz and run it back with CeeDee Lamb, you're going to have a high upside, low on stack with the best game environment. That looks really good. Odell Beckham, if you're looking for your Ram stacks, even as a one-off since he's had touchdowns in three of his last four games, even as a one-off, Odell Beckham is completely fine as well. And then it kind of hits somewhat of a dead range, like other than like below 5,500, like the only guy that I'm really trying to get to is probably AJ Green because 
Jose Arizona is going to be low owned because he himself is going to be relatively low owned after not a great performance on Christmas. Coming in with just 3% ownership right now, I prefer AJ Green to a Van Jefferson at the price, same price tag to a Devontae Parker at $100 less personally. As we get below $5,000, Cole Beasley is off the COVID list. He should return. I mean, we'll see if Isaiah McKenzie cuts into his role as much, but he becomes a yes for me. The guy that I prefer over Cole Beasley, though, is Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup is going to be 2% owned. Beasley will probably be like 7% owned. So Michael Gallup at 2% owned is the guy who large field tournaments. You don't have to play him in small field stuff, but large field stuff, you play Michael Gallup with CeeDee Lamb, you have a unique Dallas stack. Even if even if Dak is 10% owned, it makes your Dallas stack less than 1% owned because Gallup himself is coming in at 2% ownership right now for me. And he's only had 10 targets over the last two weeks, but the two weeks before that, he had 17 targets. And all it takes is five targets in a game for Michael Gallup. He can have a three catch, 70 yard and a touchdown game. He's going to get slot usage to an extent, but lots of deep outside usage. And at that price tag for Michael Gallup, on a slate that you're about to see, not a lot of overall value at the bottom end, that running back and or receiver, relatively speaking for what we have here is a 14 game slate right now. And a lot of guys coming back with the new COVID rules. But if you go down here, like you have Robbie Anderson, meh, you have Michael Gallup. And now once you start to get below here in the four carriage, there's not a lot. There's Kadarius Tony dealing with injuries and, and bad quarterback play. There's the Denver guys and the rest of the Detroit guys who don't excite you. There's T.Y. Hilton and, and Tim Patrick on the COVID list. Like no, Isaiah McKenzie, but now you have the other guys coming back. Like There's not much here in this 4K range at all. Marvin Jones versus New England secondary. Not great. Your only other options that start to become cheaper are guys that don't look good, like Emmanuel Sanders, who hasn't been good all year, and now McKenzie might steal part of his role. Byron Pringle with Travis Kelsey coming back is not as secure with the price tag coming up. Allen Robinson doing nothing all season long, at least worth mentioning at 3,800 because the guy is still, we hope, talented, but bad pace environment, bad total, and bad play all year long. So you quickly go from like that upper 4K range where Gallup is, where somewhat Robbie Anderson and Cole Beasley are, to not much else out there at value. Like Josh Palmer looked good, but now Mike Williams is expected to return. We'll see if he actually gets back. I mean, if Mike Williams doesn't return, yeah, you can go back to Josh Palmer at 3,500 as probably the best value outside of Antonio Brown on the slate at wide receiver. But other than that, like you're comparing the upper 4K range of Gallup and those other guys to like Braxton Berrios, if there's still no Elijah Moore and no Crowder, which doesn't feel great at all. And if those guys return, you can't play him. To Nelson Aguilar in a, in a run first offense where Mac Jones maybe throws 28 times and hasn't been playing well. And Aguilar for 3,500, you might get four targets. Like that doesn't feel good. So there's nothing down here. There's not much down here right now. We hope Palmer opens up. They already got Guyton back. So I'm hoping Palmer opens up means no Mike Williams. But really, there's not much at the value position at, at wide receiver. And to be honest with you, you're not going to need it. You're, you're not going to need the value at wide receiver this week if you play the slate properly. Like there's a lot of mid-range running backs we just looked at. Every every running back is basically 5,500 to 6,500. So play two of those, three of those. And there's a lot of mid-range receivers that we talked about. They started to pop up a little bit more in that Tyler Lockett, that Antonio Brown range, right? The T. Higgins. So it's it, you don't need it as much. You find a cheap defense like usual. You find the relatively cheap tight end and you don't need to punt down but there are there are opportunities michael carter some other guys dario gombawale even those guys are 5k right so not a lot of guys in the 4k range in play this week which makes it even more interesting that there's a two percent on michael gallup in my opinion so if we were to close the slate out we can close it out on this note with the tight ends and the tight ends are insanely expensive i don't know how you play a kittle a kelsey or an andrews outside of a stack like run back mark andrews uh play in your travis kelsey stacks that's why he's in play for me the most uh with him returning i just like his price stack i like his game environment like i don't know how you play kittle unless you're stacking him with trey if he's in otherwise playing these guys as one-offs is really difficult and it becomes even more difficult while they're on the COVID list don't expect them to play either way it becomes even more difficult when guys that are cheaper than them are in similar to better game environments and have similar to better projections and those guys would be mainly be these two veterans who have been producing for years now for us one Rob Gronkowski same price point as last week great matchup 20.9.25 team implied total and the other thing about Gronk is yeah he's coming off of a really bad week like a really bad week where he had like a, one fucking fantasy point right but he's coming into this week still seeing a lot of volume still seeing seven targets per game still seeing nine and a half air yards per target so 
lot of upside there and red zone usage on the season. Fits into stacks really nicely. Tampa Bay stacks with Antonio Brown and Gronk. If Evans comes back, Evans and, and Antonio Brown, low owned, high upside if it hits the ceiling of Tom Brady throwing four to five touchdowns. I'm not interested in going back to Pitts after his 100-yard game because Buffalo actually has a secondary who can put cornerbacks on him that can stop him, right? This isn't Detroit like last week where there are no cornerbacks left. So I prefer Gronk. I like probably my favorite tight end play on the week right now. I mean, obviously, if you're playing a certain stack of changes, but Zach Ertz, if I want to play Arizona or even Dallas stacks, Zach Ertz is a priority for me, which leads me to get to less Dalton Schultz because I don't want to double up tight ends. Zach Ertz is seeing back-to-back 10-plus target games. He's highly involved in the middle of the field. He's becoming the first read. Like Christian Kirk on the outside is not becoming the first read as Christian Kirk in the slot. Without Hopkins out there, Zach Ertz is like the first read in the security blanket in the red zone look for Kyler Murray right now. So Zach Ertz gives you upside at a $5,200 price tag, gives you upside in correlating your tight end with your quarterback. Ertz now on the season is up to six targets per game, but if you factor in his Arizona usage, it's closer to eight targets per game for a guy who still looks athletic out there. I mean, yards after the catch have never really been his thing, but Zach Ertz, I'm liking how he's looking. He's getting downfield usage, red zone usage, and he's only 5,200. So that starts to look really good. Dalton Schultz, the only reason he's not a yes, he projects out nicely is I'm just getting more Zach Ertz anytime I'm getting that to that game environment. Go down a tier to the 4K range. Some guys look okay. Jared Cook in your stack. Gerald Everett, it's hard to ever find myself getting there. I'm not stacking them up, and as a one-off, prefer some other guys. Higby at 4K, interesting way to get different in your Ram stacks for cheap. And the other guy is Foster Moreau. Foster Moreau has been playing great. I mean, Foster Moreau has been seeing a lot of usage. He now has this Jared Cook, uh, Darren Waller, the connection that Derek Carr loves in this offense with his tight ends over the last couple of years. And Foster Moreau came out of college as an athletic player. I mean, this is a guy who ran a 4.66, which is up there. He has above percentile, like top 10 percentile in every category according to the player profile. Catch radius, agility score, burst score, speed metrics, fourth round pick in 2019 out of LSU. He's good. And now he's starting to see that volume. He's starting to see those routes become more consistent, right? He's coming off of three weeks of playing 97%, 100%, and 91% of the snaps. He's now ran 38, 35, and 26 routes the last three weeks. And over these last two games, it's resulted in 13 and a half and 10.7 fantasy points. And that's without scoring a touchdown, right? That's without scoring a touchdown. That's just on straight receptions and yardage. So Foster Moreau at 3,800, he's a one-off as well. So there's Higby and Foster Moreau in the cheaper range start to become my priorities. If you're looking for just a full-on punt, like you start to get really cheap. I mean, CJ Ozoma at 3,300 in that game environment looks good anything in the 2k range not much stands out like brock wright he's still operating as the tight end one for detroit splitting it a little bit with shane uh, zilstra not going to get you excited like brock wright's not the guy to get you excited brevin jordan at 2800 is running a decent amount of right routes brock wright has some speed you saw brock wright last week actually see three targets but ended up being four yards he only ran 12 routes so brock wright's probably enough if you're going to choose a guy below 3k none of them look good but brevin jordan if you wanted to punt um i guess you can probably talk yourself into some of these dudes down here just as pure pump plays for like the 2500 cheap tag if adam trotman was to return but i'm not fishing down here it's either brevin jordan which again i'm not really that into probably just go all the way up to cj azoma if you really wanted to punt in a better game environment with a guy who's shown an ability to find not just one but two touchdowns in a game multiple times this year he's running down the middle of the field at times he's an athletic player in his own right solid speed score solid agility coming off of a game where he ran 30 routes and saw seven targets and four red zone targets in that game only scored eight fantasy points but a lot of good underlying metrics for cj azoma likely the lowest that i would go at tight end this week but yeah priorities at tight end for me it's going to be gronk factoring in price tag and upside gronk and zach Ertz um a lot but depending on where you are if you don't want to spend that much if you don't have as much money your tyler higby range your foster moreau your cj azoma range is where i start to live next for the upside at, at tight end uh, whether it's in a stack or as a one-off. But there you go. There is your your format, your leverage plays, your, your straight-up best plays, even if they're coming in with ownership, a little bit of tidbits for you, ways to stack this slate to get different, ways to stack this slate if you just want to play the chalk stacks and get different elsewhere. So thank you for tuning in today. Be sure, be sure, last week, last day, potentially when you're watching this, use the code CLASS, free bet up to $100 on prize picks. You can take the, the props that we used, and you also get the free course 
you get the free course of 10 plus hours of videos the last time it's going to be offered for free as a bonus not now but right now take advantage of it down below thank you for tuning in we will have the that one dude video the leverage plays the sneaky plays that's that that one dude video on saturday sunday live stream and then we'll take off so i appreciate you all so much thank you for being here my name is sal i'll see you all when i see you and i'll see you all in the next one